Good day, folks. Pastor Jim Thomas from the Village Chapel here in Nashville, Tennessee with your daily devotional. Reading once again from the 19th, early 20th century uh, pastor and writer, Andrew Murray, his book, Waiting on God. Uh, He explores the sort of our inner life with God and the, the soul's disposition toward God. And a phrase, waiting on the Lord, uh, hoping in the Lord. Uh, it's, it's a beautiful, rich, and complex idea. And so there's much for uh, him to offer us as we consider that ourselves. Let's uh, take a look at, uh, this is day two of what essentially is a 31-day reader. Uh, you're certainly uh, welcome to grab a copy. I think you can even get it online in a PDF form. But this is called The Keynote of Life. I've waited for your salvation, O Lord. He's quoting from Genesis 49, verse 18 there, where uh, Jacob, uh, the patriarch, is uh, is about to die. And he's, he's, uh, uh, he's saying some, some things to his sons and preparing for all of that. But in the middle of it all, like written in verse 18, I have waited for your salvation, O Lord. Let's see what uh, Andrew Murray has to say about this waiting for the salvation of the Lord. Jacob made this statement while prophesying about the future of his sons. I have waited for your salvation, O Lord. Andrew Murray asks the question, what did he mean by these words? It's a great question. I think it's fair. They seem to indicate that his expectation, both for himself and for his sons, was from God alone. It was God's salvation he waited for, a salvation that God had promised and that God alone could accomplish. Jacob acknowledged that he and his sons were under God's charge. The everlasting God would demonstrate through their lives what his saving power could do. Jacob's words point forward to the wonderful story of redemption, which is not yet finished, and to the glorious future in eternity where it is leading. They suggest to us how there is no salvation but God's salvation, and how waiting on God for that, whether for our personal experience or for wider circles, is our first duty, our true blessedness to wait on the Lord. Uh, Even while we are thinking about pacing and the sequence of events and all that sort of thing, this is not just merely wasted waiting. This is waiting on the Lord with expectation for his salvation to come. Uh, Murray goes on, let us ponder the inconceivably glorious salvation God has provided for us in Christ and is even now working to perfect in us by his spirit. Let us meditate until we somewhat realize that every aspect of this great salvation from moment to moment must be the work of God himself. See, we, I think, tend to think I've got to drum up some faith feelings or some feelings to go with my faith. Um, I've got to, uh, you know, stuff my head full of this or that uh, uh, statement or doctrine or whatever it is, and it's on me to do all of that. No, this is this is Andrew Murray reminding us that it's God's work in us. It's God's work of grace in us. God, uh, he says, cannot part with his grace or goodness or strength as some external thing that he gives us, like raindrops from heaven. No, God gives us these things as we enjoy them and he provides them directly 
and unceasingly. The only reason that God does not work his salvation more effectually and continuously is that we do not allow it. We hinder that work either by our indifference or by our self-effort so that God cannot do what he would. What is asked of us in terms of surrender and obedience and desire and trust is all comprised in this one little word, wait. Wait on God. Wait for his salvation. It combines the deep sense of our entire helplessness to work what is divinely good with the perfect assurance that our God will work it all in his divine power. And I, that's just so brilliant. It takes the, the burden off of you, the burden off of me. We're to come and to rest, to wait, to hope in God. And he is trustworthy. That's what's so beautiful about it all. Uh, again, back to Murray. Uh, let us meditate on the glorious salvation God is working out in us until we grasp the truths that it implies. Our heart is the scene of a divine operation more wonderful than the creation of the world. We contribute as little to the work of salvation as we did to creation, except as God works in us to will and to do. That's profound. That's, that's, that's really sets us free, doesn't it? God only asks of us to yield, to consent, to wait upon him, and he will do it all. Let us meditate and be still until we see how wonderful and right and blessed it is that God alone does all. Then our soul will sink down into deep humility and say, I've waited for your salvation, O Lord. And the deep blessed background of all our praying and working will be, truly, my soul waits on God. That perspective from uh, from, from Jacob all the way back there in Genesis 49 uh, is a thread that runs through uh, even all the way you can read it like Isaiah 40, 31, one of the most uh, well-known verses that, that talks about uh, those who wait upon the Lord will renew their strength, you know. And it's this work of God as we focus on God, as we turn our hearts to God, as we surrender in, as we hope in. It's very rich, multi-layered. It's not just waiting and impatiently drumming our fingers and as if you know God needs to catch up to us or something, like I said earlier. It's this is waiting, anticipating expectantly that God will do the work, bring the salvation, bring the peace, bring the hope, bring the joy that He has promised to His people. Truly, my soul waits on God. A couple more paragraphs from Andrew Murray. The application of this truth to wider circles, to those we labor among or intercede for, those we're praying for, um, to the church of Christ around us and or, or throughout the world as we're part of the community of faith, um, to wait on God, to be filled with faith that he is at work. And in that faith, to pray for his mighty power to come down is our only wisdom. Oh, may the eyes of our heart be open to see God at work in ourselves and in others and to see how blessed it is just to worship and to wait for his salvation. Oh, that's, that's so good. That our heart would be open, he said, to see God at work in ourselves. And we need to re rehearse that. We need to remember. Our, our, our spiritual memories are just 
far too short-lived. We, we need to reflect back on the faithfulness of God in our lives over the years. Those of you who trusted Christ a long time ago and have been walking with him all these years, you need to reflect back and remember uh, what God has done and how powerfully faithful he has been in our lives. Uh, last paragraph from Andrew Murray. Our private and public prayers are the chief expression of our relationship to God. It is in prayer that our waiting upon God must first be exercised. Our waiting begins by quieting the activities of nature and being still before God. It bows and seeks to see God in his universal almighty operation, alone able and always ready to work all good. It yields itself to God in the assurance that he is working and will work in us. It maintains this place of humility and stillness and surrender until the Spirit infuses us with the faith that he will perfect his work. He's kind of a king of a run-on sentence there, isn't he? Yeah. Um, but yet, it's so rich. And it gets our eyes off of ourselves, takes the burden off of us to drum up or create some kind of feeling or some kind of spiritual high or whatever it is. And we focus on the Lord. We fix our eyes on Jesus He's the author and the perfecter. That is, he's the one that gives us the faith. He's the author, the one that even composes it to begin with. And then he's the perfecter. He's the one that develops that faith within us as well. We simply look to him, trust in, hope in, wait on him. I love this. Well, uh, last sentence from Andrew Murray. If we pray like this, our waiting will indeed become the strength and the joy of the soul. Life will become one deep, blessed cry. I have waited for your salvation. O oh Lord, my soul, wait only upon the Lord. Amen and amen. Let me close this in a word of prayer for today. Thank you, God, for your word. So rich uh, from Genesis all the way through Revelation. We are now starting to get it. You are in pursuit of a people you can call your own. Those who will bow before and trust in you and hope in you and wait upon you, Lord. Those that you will call sons and daughters as you adopt us into your family. I know you own the entire universe. You own it by right of creation. Uh, but Lord, I also, from reading your scriptures, I see that you want more for me that I'd be more than just your possession, but that I'd be your son. And some listening along with me today would be your sons, your daughters, belonging to you in this rich relationship where we can come to you and say, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Lord, we wait upon you this day. Pray this in Jesus' name, for his sake, for his glory. Amen and amen. Have a great one. Daily Devotions with Pastor Jim Thomas is a resource of the Village Chapel in Nashville, Tennessee. If you find this daily devotional beneficial, leave a review and share it with friends and family. For more resources or to support our ministry, visit our website, thevillagechapel.com. Artwork for this podcast by Kim Thomas. Music by Phil Kagey.